When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Please stand clear of the door. So, hey, yeah, we're in the monorail. Uh, in Maelstrom, when the ride first opened, mm-hmm. the people were getting thrown off the ride. Do you think when the monorail was first built, people were getting thrown off the monorail? Oh, for sure. You think so? People were just kind of like... Doors would fly open, rain would come in. I think that's the reason why you kind of go over water a lot. Yeah, so if you fall out, you have something to splash into. Alfie, Alfie, we have a man overboard. A man overboard. I repeat, man overboard. Alfie, off the bow side. <laughs> Welcome to episode 55 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm one of your trolls, Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Adam. Today, we will be giving the his on Maelstrom. R.I.P. Why gotta be a troll? Do I look like a troll? I didn't write that. Who wrote that? Didn't you write it? Oh, yeah, I probably wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, well, you could have made us Vikings. That's true. I love Vikings. It's my heritage. But, I mean, when you go to Norway and you see... Maelstrom is a big part of Norway, that ride, right? But they still have the trolls there, right? There's like a big troll that's in the shop. So in the I shops, figured, yeah. Yeah, yes. I figured the trolls are more. Well, there's still trolls in the ride, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Frozen trolls. Yeah. Way different kind of trolls. Yeah. Yeah. So, rock characters. So, Adam, have you been on this ride? Maelstrom? Yes, I have. And what do you think? I mean, shouldn't that be in my memory section? What okay. Well, uh, just tell me this uh, uh, without giving I, away too much. Remember going backwards, being scared because I probably was four or five years old. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it was uh, enjoyable though. I definitely remember that mural. That was a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That troll is pretty scary when you're a little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Alex? What, have you been on it? No. no. Oh, no. She even like Ep- Epcot. So. Right. So, and this was a while ago, so I definitely never went on it. Yeah. But I mean, I i'm a big fan of vikings and that kind of stuff so i think it would have been fun to go on and i like the frozen mm-hmm. ride so i would have liked it as well mm-hmm. you have you watched a video of it yeah okay i'll talk more about that i guess later mm-hmm. uh, and i've been on it and i i uh, definitely enjoyed the ride the mural was uh it's it's super it's amazing um that's that was actually the first time i saw a hidden mickey is when i saw that mural mm-hmm. my friend i was with my friend Are you for real like, no, Are you just joking? <laughs> <laughs> because I was gonna say that's when I first saw. Yeah, or I knew about, uh, found out about the hidden Mickey's. But okay, how about uh? So uh, you can't rate it. Well, how about you know something? I mean, I can Alex, rate it. Can it's rate the it same ride. Yeah, as Frozen, like they didn't change the ride structure really. They mm-hmm. just changed. It's like a layover almost. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, the ride itself, I give like a a seven. Okay. How about you, Adam? We're about the same here. Seven. Yeah. Me too. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give it a seven also. Wow, sevens across the board. Yeah, we, we, we can win some money, huh? If it was like a yeah. slot machine, seven, 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 seven across seven, the board. Seven, One yeah. lower, and you know, I know we've been doing so good though. Then we have to move it to a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the his on Maelstrom. Maelstrom opened on July 5th, 1988 at Epcot in Walt Disney World in the Norway Pavilion. 
Maelstrom is a four and a half minute dark log flume ride that goes forward and in reverse through a story of Norway's history and folklore with audio animatronics figures. After the ride is a showing of Spirit of Norway, a promotional film about Norway. Maelstrom was later replaced by Frozen Ever After in 2016. So did you, Adam, did you say for the film? Um, I mean, at certain points, you kind of had to, right? I yeah. don't remember the film, though. Yeah, I don't remember the film either. Um, I don't remember the film either. But uh, this uh, this ride shares my birth year. Oh, really? Yeah. 84? What? No, it says 88. I just read it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 84. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that... Is there any other rides that kind of have a video after it like this? Not after. It's always before. Yeah, yeah, kind of like, like when you're waiting to get on it yeah. like in a queue, I guess. Yeah, it's a weird idea doing the the video afterwards. It's kind of like, oh, hey, you know, here's a, a ride of Norway, you know, kind of gives some folklore. Why don't you guys stay after and just watch a little movie about it? Yeah. I, for some weird reason, I remember seeing people watching the movie. I don't. Re- I remember kind of just, whoop, let's see ya. I'm, I'm out of here. Maybe you know it was what? Late. Now that I'm thinking about it, unless I don't remember the video specifically, but I do remember going on rides as a little kid, getting off the ride, and then seeing a theater, but then walking past the theater to get mm-hmm. out. So if there's no other rides at Universal or Disney that did that, then I do remember that part. Okay. In 1983, Epcot Imagineers planned on creating a pavilion that would showcase the culture and architecture of Denmark, Sweden, and Norway. However, Norway was the only country able to obtain the funding. So the 11th and final pavilion, Norway, Gateway to Scandinavia, was officially announced in June 1985 to be open in 1987. Norwegian company Selmer, Sand & Kloster first started the work towards the Scandinavian pavilion in Epcot. They established Scanshow, Scandinavian Showcase, and came up with plans for a showcase that would celebrate Nordic culture. Scanshow contributed $34 million for the pavilion. This included a $2 million contribution from the Norwegian government and an $8 million government loan to Scanshow. Scanshow would end up putting up two-thirds of the cost for the pavilion, with Disney paying for the last one-third. The entire pavilion ended up costing $46 million. Construction began on the pavilion on May 27, 1986. The plan was to have a restaurant, bakery, play area, and gift shops. Imagineers also wanted to put a ride in this pavilion. Epcot was missing a thrill ride, and Imagineers thought up the idea for a dark flume ride where Vikings are on their way to the Rainbow Bridge of Valhalla, and the ride would be called Sea Venture. Later, the concept changed to a more mythological tone, with guests riding along a 946-foot water flume, encountering trolls and gnomes and the legends about them. The Sherman Brothers, well known for their many musical contributions to attractions, from It's a Small World to Journey into Imagination, were brought on board to supply a memorable song for the experience. They were shown the models and heard the concept that emphasized trolls. Before they could get to work on the song, the very next day, the Scanshow sponsors were shown the model and immediately put a halt to that storyline. The Sherman Brothers were never called back for the new approach. Their Norwegian sponsors wanted the attraction to be more of a travelogue to encourage increased tourism. So I would love to hear a Sherman Brothers song about trolls. Yeah, it's crazy that the that they were close to developing it. Yeah, and then I find it kind of weird that the, the Sherman Brothers are like legends. And they oh, were yeah. like, "Hey, you know something, guys? Why don't you guys not do this?" And then not even call them back. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I mean, do you really think they didn't call them back, or they're just like, "We're not coming back"? I mean, it's like if they worked hard on a, a song, and then 
the whole ride changed, I think they probably would be like, you know what? We're good. You think so? I mean... Well, I mean, they would know after the ride changed because having them write the song definitely probably would have been a different ride altogether. Yeah. A more friendly, fun ride. That, yeah. ride, that ride probably would have been... Probably would have been... Maybe not, maybe the ride would have been better, but probably more memorable with the better tune. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Cause, yeah, because I don't even remember it really having any type of... I mean, I don't know because I never would yeah. have. But. <laughs> well, if they did, it wasn't like memorable. That wasn't no. one thing I was kind of like, oh, I remember about the Maelstrom going it on. It wasn't a zippity doodah. It wasn't a yo-ho pirate's life. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't anything like Small that. world. Yeah. The oh, one ride they actually worked on. Yeah. <laughs> so also, I think it's kind of cool that the country funded the, the World Pavilion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's true about all the other pavilions. You would think so, though. If they had to, why wouldn't the other ones? Right. And then that's why there was bids for, we learned about Russia. Oh, no, we, that was on the uh, trivia game. Um, but yeah, so they seem to do this a lot. So with the uh, Small World, with the Carousel of Progress, and there was one other where Disney got the government to pay for those rides, mm-hmm. put them in the World's Fair, yeah. and mm-hmm. brought them to the park. Yeah. So same thing with this get another country to pay for your stuff mm-hmm. and you only put in a little bit of money and you get all the profits. Yep, and that's exactly what they did. And it's actually kind of brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also great for the country also to kind of put like, you know, invest in their country, invest, uh, uh, you know, try to get tourists because tourists are going to Disney, right? They're going to D- Disney World. They're going to Epcot and they can't be like, hey, you know, maybe on our next trip, we didn't, we just went to Disney. Maybe we should go to Norway. Norway seems pretty awesome, right? I mean, if, if I love Daytona, if I live in Daytona Beach and I go to Orlando for a vacation, and then I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? Next time I should fly cross continent to Europe and go to Norway for a vacation. Maybe it's for the Europeans that flew over. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that, I think, I mean, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. That that's how they did it. Are you saying, Alex, the family from Holly Hill, who saved up all year to go for that one day to Disney, right. isn't going to go fly to Norway? I don't think they would think about it. They may think about it, but they're probably like, you know what, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I want to go to Norway. And you haven't even been on the ride. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I want to go. I want to go to Norway. Well, your next best thing is to get the new Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Valhalla. Valhalla. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. ScanShow gave Imagineers a list of items they wanted to be shown in the attraction that they felt would show the unique story of Norway. Vikings, a fishing village, a polar bear, a fjord, and an oil rig. They even agreed to allow some folklore, which would mean a troll or two. Attraction designer Bob Kurzweil, who designed Disneyland's Alice in Wonderland Dark Ride, and Marty Sklar, co-designer of Tiki Room and It's a Small World, were given the task to come up with a way to include everything ScanShow asked. They came up with a time-traveling experience through the history of Norway, beginning with the earliest folklore and ending in modern-day Norway to incorporate everything that the sponsors wanted. Adding to the attraction's appeal would be various drops and visual effects, as well as a direction change to go backwards. The new designs also called for a full-scale replication of a North Sea storm to include wind, waves, rain, thunder, and real lightning. Over the years, there were a few minor changes made to the attraction. The smoke effects in both the troll scene and the reverse scene were toned down. The wave and rain effects in the North Sea Storm scenes were also muted. And the Tesla coil that originally created the lightning effect was replaced with strobe lights. The boats were some of the first concept artwork done by now veteran executive Joe Rode for Walt Disney World, who would later help design Pandora at Animal Kingdom and help transform Tower of Terror 
into Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. It was also some of the last work done by famed Imagineer Jack Burgess, known for sculpting Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean, as well as much more. He built the model for the ride vehicle ship, which was replicated in fiberglass copies used in the attraction. Fergus also sculpted the polar bear maquette. The boats were some of the last work done for Imagineering by the legendary Jack Fergus before his retirement. Disney Imagineer Randy Bright stated, Norway will present several firsts for this organization as a ride. It's the first ride that actually goes backwards, and the first ride that will utilize audio animatronics in a black light environment. An Epcot press release at the time described the attraction as, Visitors take a fantasy voyage that departs a modern-day village on a Norwegian fjord and journeys up a cascading waterway into the Norway of old. The trip is aboard small ships patterned after the dragon-headed craft of Eric the Red and his fellow explorers. So I can see how this was a, a big deal for Disney World, kind of being like the first ride to go backwards. Yeah. And it would have been better if they would have left the Tesla coil in. Some real, you know, stro- you know lightning strikes. Yeah. Not re- strikes, but, you know, better than a strobe light. Yeah, Tesla coil, that's crazy to have that in that part of the ride with all that water and rain and stuff and wind. <laughs> Electricity and water, do they not go good together? I don't together? think so. So I, <laughs> I put on this thing, I put Joe Road, a photo of Joe Road. Yeah, like, who rec- is that guy? You don't recognize him from all the shows on Joe Disney? Rogan, right? From uh, uh, U- UFC? <laughs> no. No, Joe Road? Joe Road. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I know. You recognize him, right? Because the earring. Because yeah. the earring, right? Yeah. I was like, that name sounds familiar. What, what is he in? So he's just he's just a famous Imagineer. And yeah, he's super in, famous. But he is also the one I hate because oh, he man. <laughs> yes. shots fired because he promised to fix the Yeti. Oh, did he? Oh, yes, he okay. did. So if you notice his ear, he yeah. has all these earrings and yeah. he has a big whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I watched all these Imagineering shows on Disney, okay. I noticed him. And then when I saw him, I recognized him automatically because of the ear. Okay. So that's why I was I figured you guys would recognize him maybe as well. Yeah, one of the Disney Imagineers where they have the lady going out into California to look at the wildlife, He pop, he's in there too. Yes, yes he is. And is he- over the years, if you watch YouTube videos, the ear gets longer uh-huh. and longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Gravity st- is uh, well, taking its place. Apparently yeah. he goes on vacation and he'll get a souvenir and that'll be, he'll put it in his ear. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, and this was the first thrill ride at Epcot too, which is kind of a big deal for yeah. Epcot. Yeah. They, you know, they're like, let's make a thrill ride. And then they decide, you know what? No more thrill rides. <laughs> yeah. So this, this overall was a big, big deal for the ride amusement, amusement park ride industry. Right? Well, mm-hmm. we'll find out later. This was more of a thrill ride than they wanted. Yeah. And allowed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had to tone it down a little bit. Yeah. So the new ride at Epcot, the, the one that's being built for Guardians of the Galaxy uh-huh. Mission Rewind, that's kind of a big deal also, because I think that's one of the. I'm not 100% sure, but is that one of the first rides that kind of shoots you off backwards? Yes. I think so, yeah. I'm not sure if there's any in like Europe or anything. At least for Disney it is. Oh, what is with Epcot and going backwards, huh? Yeah, they were like, you know, now they're going to shoot you backwards, not just go down like a hill backwards. Yeah. I mean, that is going to be a different feeling because when you're getting (laughs) shot forward, you have that seat to give you the... yeah, like the part, like the what you call it, the uh, the G's, right? Yeah, yeah, the seat kind is of. containing you. Yeah. So now, if you're shooting backwards, they got to have some good restraints there. They just have like an, another another seat in front of you, that's so you hit your hit your face on it. <laughs> Hopefully, they have upgraded from the uh, 1950s cars, you know, lap belt. You have to wear a four point <laughs> harness. 
Yeah, yeah, they, you can't have some of the safety provisions they have, like when, when Disney first opened in Disneyland. Yeah, definitely not. You see him kind of like riding around, there's like no seatbelts at all on anything. So, yeah. Even changes um, at Universal when you do Dudley Do-Rights used to be just sitting in the log. Mm-hmm. And then um, that was when I was in high school, and I always thought, I'm like, first off, it's weird because you're two to a seat, so you are literally butt to uh-huh. <laughs> I'll bleep that part out in the podcast. <laughs> but um, so you could, you know, th- it was weird how they'd put that. It's like, well, what if you don't really know that person? Yeah. yeah. But there was no lap bars. And then when we went recently, when we got the fast passes for the family, they went and put a lap bar in there. Yeah. It's kind of like when you see those pictures of like, in like a playground when like our kids, like our parents were younger, it's kind of like metal. It's like one metal big, slides that yeah, burn you going down. Be- burn you. Uh, the monkey bars are like, you know, like 20 feet in the air. with like no it's concrete on the floor. There's no like, you know, stuff that if you were to fall, you were not. Mm-hmm. Well, I like, hope there's not concrete under the floor where the monkey bars are. They, why? You, you just mean? said there's no, there was no concrete on the oh, floor. Oh, well, there, there was concrete, but there's no like stuff to kind of make you padding. bounce. Like, yeah, 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 no padding, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, th- things have changed for sure. Yeah. They, they really were, in, they really went all in on this ride because the people they had on this ride were people who have done things in Disney that were well known, like Tiki Room and Small World. You know, they tried to bring in the best music people for the ride, and that didn't work out. They brought in this guy to design the boats who ended up retiring shortly after because he's been working for them for so long, uh, sculpting Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, they went all in on this ride. So I wonder if maybe the other countries didn't put money into it, and they felt like, you know, if a country was going to give us all this money, we're going to go all in on it. I wonder if that was some of the... I don't know. Yeah. I didn't see anything about that, but I... I haven't done any research in the other countries, so I'm not sure if they put money or not. But maybe just because they wanted it to be a thrill ride, maybe that's why they were all in. Uh huh. You know, because they didn't really have too much. There was no draw to Epcot, and then this made right. a draw to Epcot. People were this. I mean, when I went on this ride, mm-hmm. it was getting towards like the end of its life, right? Um, and it was still really busy. Oh, really? Yeah. At the end of the Maelstrom Line is a loading dock where guests aboard the Viking ship. Right behind the loading area is a massive wrapping mural painting. The mural became a fan favorite, depicting industrial workers, Viking ships, trolls, cruise ships, and fishing villages, all meant to represent the past, present, and future of Norway. After you leave the load area, your boat enters a dark tunnel with a steep incline. As you slowly ascend, all you see is a single bright light ahead of you. It turns out to be Odin who says... You are not the first to pass this way, nor shall you be the last. Those who seek the spirit of Norway face peril and adventure, but more often find beauty and charm. The Viking ship then enters a swampy marsh, where guests go face-to-face with animatronic replicas of Doklofar and Lajosofar, which are two Norwegian trolls. The trolls are angered by the visitors and cast a spell on the boat, sending them onto the backward portion of the ride. The ship floats past scenes of polar bears and live trees, before stopping on the edge of a waterfall. The boat then continues, moving forward again, and the boat descends down a 28-foot drop that takes you to a model of a North Sea oil platform on a cold, drizzly night, where there are strong winds and lightning in the distance, as the water rocks the boat. The ride narrator then closes the ride by announcing, Norway's spirit will always be an adventure. When you disembark from your boat, you find yourself in a dark Norwegian fishing village. Names of Norwegian companies that help sponsor the attraction are on the building facades. 
The second part of the ride is a 5-minute 70mm movie called The Spirit of Norway. The doors leading outside remain closed during the 5-minute film, unfortunate for reoccurring guests. In later years, the doors would remain unlocked and guests could walk straight through the theater rather than watching the outdated film. So the trolls were a fan favorite, right? I would say so because they still have that big one in the shop there. Or just something they could put in the shop to remind people of Malstorm. Yeah, that's kind of a big thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> that thing's, like, massive, right? They yeah, could... but it does. It brings people around it. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people take pictures with it that even never rode Maelstrom. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because isn't there some kind of, like, luck where you have to, like, give a kiss to the nose or touch the, the troll's nose or something like that? And it's, like, brings good luck? I'm not sure about that. But... I hope a lot of people aren't kissing that after I think this they... whole thing. <sighs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but remember when we did, so Adam and I, we did uh, Phoenix and Ferb. Wasn't there, like, a clue by the troll? Wasn't that part of the clue or something in the scavenger hunt that we did? Um, I not remembering that one. Mm-hmm. I think it might might have been, mm-hmm. uh, or it was definitely in that area. There was, there was that a lot had. of clues that thing gave. Yeah, there was a lot of clues. Um, but I do like the. And there are some other little trolls that are still left in there, right? Like in the ride itself. Didn't didn't we just read about that? Uh, no, no, we didn't read about it. I don't know what I'm <laughs> thinking about then. There was a light. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. left in. Yeah, but. Uh, you guys, they talked about the mural there and you guys already yeah. talked about the mural being a fan favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that picture, that mural is massive. Yes. Yeah, it, it was massive. a massive mural. Yeah. I was kind of hoping they were going to redo it. Maybe something or maybe even leave it. Why not just leave it, leave it in there? Because uh, it's I know it's not frozen. frozen. <laughs> I know, but I mean, it could have been, yeah, I guess you're right. It's not frozen at all. I mean, it had a mix of, you know, mythological, it had the industrial, I remember the industrial part. Yeah, the oil yeah. rigs really would not work. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and there were a bunch of Hidden Mickeys there. There were a bunch in there. Do you, are you going to do Hidden Mickeys today? I know it's not there anymore, so I wasn't sure if you're going to do it or not, but I know some of the, well, I guess, uh, there were a bunch of Hidden Mickeys in that mural. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to do Hidden Mickeys. Yeah, it's um, not there's no way of anyone going find yeah. those unless you could, they... You, you could just make it up or whatever. Yeah. yeah you wouldn't even know. So. I did that for uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is where I was introduced to Hidden Mickeys was with that mural. Oh, it was? Yep. Oh. Yeah. I mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago, I think. Yeah, he has mentioned it. Yeah, yeah maybe a couple, even couple of times. He's but... probably mentioned it just as many times as the, uh, what's that place people will go that work at Disney, the cast. Um... Uh, <laughs> oh. buy stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. Are you really forgetting the name right now? Property Control. <laughs> property Control, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Alex, did you know you can buy chicken nuggets at Property Control? I didn't know that. Yeah, like 10 bucks, man. Like five pounds <laughs> or something. Uh, oh, I was say but something. the mural, I mean, that's yeah. it was so special to me because I had no idea about Hidden Mickey's before So the that. Hidden Mickey is what? The guy, right? I think I saw something. Someone's like, there's a Hidden Mickey on the Viking ship. One of the guys are wearing it. Yeah. Someone has a Hidden Mickey. Ears? Yeah. Someone had the ears, like the actual ears on, on it. Viking ship? Yeah. Like the hat? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had like the little, he had like a Mickey ear hat on or whatever. Uh-huh. And then there's some other hidden Mickeys. And like, I think there's like one on like a tree or something mm-hmm. like that that I remember. But I remember sitting there, I was like, what? I was like, yeah, I do see these things. <laughs> what? They're all over the place? <laughs> it's a whole new world. It was like a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I think about Norway, I don't think of oral rigs. Did anyone know Norway was known for having oral rigs? Nope. No. <laughs> so learn something new every day, I guess. Yeah. And yes, it would be it would stink for a reoccurring guests to have to stop and watch that movie every single time after the ride. Yeah, I mean that would be the difference between doing a movie before the ride and after the ride. You know, before the ride, you're waiting for the ride, mm-hmm. so it feels like you're not watching a movie for no reason. You're watching a movie because the it is for the reason to go on the ride. Mm-hmm. But to watch it afterwards, it's like I already had my thrill. Yeah, I want to sit here and watch a dumb movie. But that's the reason why that mural so was a fan favorite. 
just because it was massive and people waiting in line right. got to go ahead and this really look at like, it yeah and dissect yeah. it yeah and then you like you get done with the ride and then you have to walk and you have to sit there and watch a five minute film you don't want to watch or you've seen it a bunch of times yeah it kind of stinks glad they eventually opened the doors so people can walk through but then for people who've never been there you're sitting there and you got a door constantly opening letting light in as people were walking through the uh, yeah. the stu- uh, the theater. Norway's like, listen, you, you came to our country, put a bunch of money into this country. You're going to watch our film. Yeah. <laughs> You're not leaving. The Norway Pavilion had a soft opening on May 6th, 1988, with the stores and the Akershus restaurant open for business. The official opening and dedication of Norway Pavilion was on Friday, June 3rd, 1988. The then Crown Prince Harold V, who has been king since 1991, and his wife, Sonia of Norway, dedicated the location. There was a live primetime television broadcast of the ceremonies to all of Norway on NRK, the largest media company in their Norwegian country. The much-anticipated Maelstrom attraction opening was postponed and did not open until roughly a month later on July 5th. The delay was due to glitches, including the riders getting soaked during the North Sea storm, and sometimes even thrown out of the boat which happened to a Norwegian television reporter who fell out of the boat when he tested it at the opening day ceremonies. The first year the pavilion was open, there were on average 150 requests a week from guests interested in traveling to Norway. One source claimed that during the first years of operation, tourism to Norway increased by 500 to 700% from the previous year. Maelstrom was a hit with fans, even though it was not as intense as initially promoted. Their first full year of operation, ending in 1989, was a good year for the pavilion. Nearly 5.7 million guests rode the Maelstrom attraction. The ride remained busy up until the 2000s, but by then the folklore troll aspect of the ride made Maelstrom known as a little weird. An even scan show was embarrassed by the outdated hair and clothing styles in the original 1980s film. Scanshow took it upon themselves to prepare an updated film and offered to give it free to Disney to upgrade the post-Maelstrom movie. However, Disney said that it was not up to their quality standards. Instead, Disney countered that they should pay Disney to make a new film. Scanshow sold the pavilion to Disney in 1992 for $26 million, a loss of $8 million. The Norwegian government continued to support the pavilion for five-year terms, from 1992 to 1997, with a contribution of $200,000 a year because they felt it was a good promotional tool. They renewed for an additional five-year term, but finally decided in 2002 to drop all financial support. With the Disney company now responsible for the entire costs of the area, it looked for various ways to increase revenue and attendance. In 2005, Disney introduced a princess breakfast experience in the Akershus restaurant, with Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, and Ariel. The character breakfast proved instantly popular and was expanded to lunch and dinner. In September 2014, a new attraction that will take our guests to Arendelle and immerse them in many of their favorite moments and music from the film was announced by Tom Staggs, then chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. Maelstrom's final day of operation was October 5, 2014. Frozen Ever After opened on June 21, 2016. So it's basically like they were renting out a space and they had to pay the upkeep. Yeah. yeah. They were on that DVC plan, weren't they? <laughs> How many points in it they had? And then I guess they stopped paying and Disney's like, well, if you're not going to pay money towards this, then we're going to be like, hey, we just had this really popular movie come out. Let's uh, 
it's frozen it up, I guess. Yeah. And that makes me think that the other countries are paying for their, their spot. Continuing? Yeah. Because they can just go ahead and just redo, like they could probably, what, what happens if, you know, we kind of talked about it before the Grand Fiesta Tour. Well, that's kind of Disney in there, that ride. Um, I was like, what happens if the Mexico was paying for that spot? Or maybe, well, it's about Mexico, though. That ride's about Mexico, right? Yeah, it is. But I mean, Norway is still about Norway when you go into the shop. Yeah. But what happens if they can't change the Coco because Mexico is paying for that, for them to promote Mexico in that ride? And you think they're like, these birds represent Mexico better than Coco? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a really good point, I guess. But I mean, I'm, unless they're paying, you know, they're paying their, let's say, uh, yearly dues mm-hmm. and Disney kind of like with them, they're like, no, you're going to pay for the movie up, you know, to read. Yeah. They're like, uh, hey, can you change yeah. the Coco? And they're like, yeah, if you want to put money into it. Right, and they're like, yeah, well, yeah. you don't really want to. Like, then we're not yeah. going to touch it. I guess that's, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> but you think Disney would be down for putting money into something that they know is going to make money. If they make it in the Coco, it's going to have more footprint. But it has to make an exponential <laughs> amount of money. Yeah, that's true. It, it can't be just like, you know, a little bit. The cl- uh, Disney Quest Disney making Quest a little effect. bit of money. <laughs> yeah, it has to make like a Disney amount of money. <laughs> the Disney Quest effect. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> it has to be able to shut down for about five months and not lose anything. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about how these people are thrown from the ride. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine that now? And you would think when they bring over a prince from another country, <laughs> they would have that ride down packed, nothing going on. Oh, yeah, on. right? Yeah, and the news reporter gets thrown out, and he's like, it's a little rough in there. It's a, it's it's a little rough. rough. <laughs> it's a little rough. Our Maelstrom is supposed to be like rough, though. Isn't it supposed to be like a hurricane? Isn't I have a no idea. Uh, so I do wish the ride would have been a little bit more intense. Yeah. I mean, I've never been on it, but it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. If you're always in fear of falling off the boat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or you're you're afraid the Tesla coil might just react differently that time and electrocute the whole entire party. Well, yeah. if the rain isn't coming out sporadically and more of a heavy flow, then you'll get zapped every now and then. It's almost like <laughs> real life, you know, right? You go outside. Sometimes it's raining hard. Sometimes it's raining kind of light. You know, yeah. sometimes you can if you walk outside in a thunderstorm, you can get struck by lightning. So it's like real life. And a lot of people don't walk out in storms during thunderstorms. No, <laughs> some people do though. <laughs> So this Princess Breakfast, um, it's full of, that's a lot of uh, people there. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, you got Aurora, you have Ariel. So I'm wondering, during that time, did they take away the Norway setting? Because, I mean, that would be weird to find them all. No, because it was just at the restaurant. But you don't think that's weird, finding them all in Norway? I mean, now they keep all of them separated to, you know, the respectable lands. I mean, what's, what is Snow White's lands look like? She's in a forest, so she's... Norway's has forests. Does it? I don't know. I haven't been in Norway. <laughs> Me either, but I think there's forests there. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal seeing them. Uh, Ariel, for sure. Ariel's the weird one. The weir- the weird one. Does she have a tail? Does she not have a tail? I don't know. But yeah, it that would be... That's a lot of characters, uh, princesses, to be at one uh, breakfast. I've never eaten there before. I've never been to Norway, really. I've never walked around, around Norway. Except for going to meet and greet um, mm-hmm. the princesses and going on the ride that one time. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, and before I went to the Frozen things, I never even knew where Norway was even there. So I think, so one of my favorite things to do is, I know, I know I've mentioned this before, is when they do like the holidays around the world and then you can go to each of the pavilions and kind of, uh, there's, there's like cast members out there talking about how that 
pavilion, that country celebrates, celebrates you know, the holidays. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty sure, man, that Norway has my favorite one. Uh-huh. And it is, a, he's a gnome and he's like a mischievous gnome. Uh-huh. And he like messes up things. Like, so like, in the middle of the night, like he'll like turn like all your chairs upside down and do all these different things, you know? And, um, it's pretty, uh, he's pretty funny, man. Like, so when you go out there, like he'll sit, sit near, he'll, he'll tell his story and then there's someone else there that's not, that's supposed to be like the person living in the house and she uh-huh. kind of tells like her side of the story and she kind of tells what she does. Like, you know, we, um, not we, but it's people, you know, for Christmas leave out milk and cookies for Santa. Mm-hmm. They leave out porridge for their gnome and it's like a little mischievous gnome, yeah. And it's really fascinating to listen to. I remember being there late at night listening to the story and thinking, wow, this is awesome. I'm huh. really enjoying this. So I'm trying to find out where Snow White's from. So I found the uh, cottage location. Scandinavia? Yeah. Uh, over the seven jeweled hills beyond the seventh fall. Where's that at? Um, fin- that, Finland. That's, <laughs> is that like Arendelle. That's the seventh star that's on the right or something? That's Arendelle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the town next to Arendelle. Farendelle. Oh, okay. Farendelle. Snow White, huh? She can't run very well, can she? What makes you think that? She kept tripping. <laughs> the movie she trips like a billion times in the movie so steve he ate breakfast at that uh at the restaurant mm-hmm. and um they have some because i was thinking the reason why i didn't want to eat there because in norway uh seems like it would be like a lot of fish food and i'm not a really big fan of fish mm-hmm. but he said that there's been some norwegian food uh which does not include fish that they had on the menu so they also have right re- and they also have regular breakfast there which i love regular breakfast I mean, who doesn't love regular breakfast? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, why it's, that's why it's known as regular. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on what country you're in. Right. Changes the regular breakfast. They call it American breakfast when yeah. they come over here. But I know most people love American breakfast. Especially those Mickey waffles. Ooh, I love those Mickey waffles. Don't get just started on Mickey waffles. Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. Fans of Maelstrom may notice the light from Odin's eye now shines behind Elsa's ice castle towards the start of the ride. Pay special attention to one of the hanging tapestries. It shows the Maelstrom trolls and that swirling light effect still present in the attraction. Tucked in the rafters of Oaken's tokens and sauna is a statuette of a polar bear standing on its hind legs. It's an ode to the polar bear from Maelstrom. Original 11-foot-tall polar bear scene was going to feature extensive rock work, but to cut costs, most of it replaced with black light-painted walls. With 16 riders per vehicle, 1,000 guests could ride per hour. That's a lot of guests per yeah, hour. Yeah, that is. That That's is a lot of guests. Yeah. The tapestry um, that have the uh, the trolls on it, I, it's in the line of the Frozen meet and greet. And I remember seeing it when I went to meet and greet, and I was like, hey, what is that about? I was like, I don't remember anything about trolls in frozen so i had not known there's a, the trolls are in frozen though i right, mean not, they're not the same trolls. kind of trolls so yeah. i was like what are these things because i noticed the tapestry because it's like it's like literally it is the tapestry you see as you walk down a hallway and mm-hmm. it's right at the end of the hallway so you can't miss it it's not mm-hmm. like next to you it's in front of you at all for a long period of time so i saw it and i was like well, this is weird why what are these trolls about so now i know it's mm-hmm. the guys from maelstrom and you know something, uh, so I know that you're talking about like the tapestry and kind of reminded me of something that one time that when I got off the frozen ride, it was raining out. So I kind of looked, looked around the Norway store. I think there's like a lot of fragrant, fragrance place things like perfume and stuff like that. In, yeah, in there's uh, some good uh, perfumes in there. Yeah. Uh, 
That's I just remember that. Like you were mm. saying that you're not you never went in the store, you're not sure what's in there, but mm-hmm. there's like this perfume fragrance type um little area. We here at Dizzy's think this was an awesome ride, but we do love the new Ever After version that is currently there. Hidden Mickey's. Hidden Mickey number one can be found on the mural before you load in the Viking ship. Hidden Mickey number two can be found in the fishing boat. And Hidden Mickey number three can be found on the captain near the clipboard. Memories, memories, talking about those, this is memories. So Adam, you got any memories? Uh, basically the exact same thing I said in the beginning. I remember going on. I remember it was a dark ride. I remember a troll and going backwards getting wet. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's about it. Where and you, so you were ner- nervous getting onto the ride, right? You said the I first remember time? being kind of scared at the troll. Okay, but afterwards you were like, oh, I mean, we are talking thirty years yeah. ago. <laughs> afterwards, though, you enjoyed it, right? Yeah, it was good. Okay, and Alex, of course, you don't really have any memories. Do one. not. Okay, and I do have some memories. Uh, the memory I'm going to share, which one that you've also heard before, like a couple of podcasts ago, is about and on this one, the Hidden Mickey's. That's where I first found out about Hidden Mickey's. I remember going on the ride and thinking. Being nervous, like I usually am before getting on a ride, I have like, anxiety, and I'm kind of like, "Oh, what's what's gonna happen?" And right after I, I was done with the ride, I was like, "Oh, this was this was a fun ride." Like I usually do. Usually, after I go on a ride, I'm like, "This was a fun ride. I can't wait to go back on." So, yep. Hey, if you want to join our family here at Dizzy's, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Dizzy's sixty five, and it's just as low as two dollars a month. You can join our Patreon. If you go up to $5, you'll be submitted into drawings. Drawings include things we give away monthly. Actually, on July 23rd, we're going to be giving away a figment painting drawn by our own Diz His host, Adam. And you can see that Diz His A on Instagram. With the Patreon membership, you can join their Discord channel where we talk daily about different Disney things. You can also listen to the shows live as we record. So again, if you want to join our Patreon membership, go to patreon.com forward slash Diz His 65. So like Alex said, you can go to my Instagram. If you try to follow me, I will have to approve because just like this podcast episode, I have a troll. I literally do. I have someone who's been trying to spy on my Instagram and has set up five different accounts now what? trying to follow me. So Really? Yeah. So I had to set it up. Why can't they follow you? I don't want them to follow me. Oh, that's a good point. Is someone you know in real life? Yes, okay. it is. Interesting. Five accounts now. They've tried to follow me. So I had to put it so I have to approve you. <laughs> what? And then whenever we do do the uh, drawing, we can always... Ooh. That's fancy. It is. And then we announce the winner. <laughs> I like it. So, uh, Alex, what did you do in the world of Disney? Uh, not too much, actually. Uh, we did watch live-action Aladdin recently. My daughter chose to watch that. She's really into Aladdin right now. Oh, yeah? And she loves a live-action version. Something that's interesting about what she says now that I guess makes sense, but whenever she wants to watch a movie and there's a cartoon version and a live-action version, she calls the live-action versions the newer ones. Oh, yeah? So she'll be like, I'll be like, which Aladdin do you want to watch? She'll be like, the newer one. Well, it newer is newer, Aladdin. though. It is a newer. She's yeah. right. <laughs> but she doesn't actually know that. She mm-hmm. just knows one's cartoon and one's live-action. So all live-action movies that are also cartoons are the newer ones, Okay, which is kind of funny. Um, but we watched Aladdin. 
which I love the new Aladdin. Yeah. I'm, it's really good. And I love the things they do that ties into Bollywood type stuff. Like in the very beginning of the movie, when Aladdin and Jasmine are running away from the guards, how they mm-hmm. slow stuff down. Mm-hmm. And they're like they're moving slow, but their their uh their mouths are going normal speed. Yeah, and they kind of speed up a little things as well. That's something tied back to Bollywood, I guess. I'm still watching that one show that let's roll with it. I'm really into this show. Let's roll with it, where mm-hmm. the, the the audience gets to choose what the cast members do mm-hmm. during an episode. I find it hilarious, and uh, that's about it. I'm Have you been playing things. some uh, digital card game? Oh yeah, I've been playing this digital card game every day. Yeah, it's like a Disney I'm digital card it. game that we've been playing. Uh, yeah. Alex and I, a couple of our Patreon members, where you kind of collect digital cards. Disney and, by Tops. Yeah, Disney by Tops. It's a, it's a lot of fun to play, I think. Yeah, I mean, between Disney with to- by Tops and Disney Arena, uh, those are my two main apps I play on my phone when I have downtime. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess I'll talk about what... Are you ready, Adam? Yeah. Okay, what did you do in the world of Disney? So I tried starting a show called The Evermore Chronicles with Cheyenne. We were bored trying to find something new. Mm-hmm. Um Every now and again, I enjoy the corny Disney uh, kids TV shows. I couldn't, I couldn't understand any of it. First off, we started with episode one, season one, mm-hmm. and the show starts off with previously on Evermore Chronicles. I'm like, this is the first episode. How's there previously? <laughs> so totally lost going into it. No clue what's going on. Something about this girl who can, uh, she's a witch and she has a needle and thread and she makes magic happen. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. It was horrible. Uh, We watch Artemis Fowl. Oh, you did? And I watched it too, so I'm kind of interested to talk about this with you. Yeah. What'd you think? Are we going to give a spoiler free or uh, can we talk about it? Can we, we can maybe try to give it spoiler free. What do you think? Oh, darn. And neither of you read the books, right? No. We have not read read books. You don't read books. (laughs) What'd you think Books are for babies. Um, (laughs) It was okay. Not supported by Disney Podcast. (laughs) <laughs> completely supported uh yeah it was okay there's some things in there i'm like no you completely glossed over there there's some mm-hmm. things that they messed up on big time mm-hmm. and then there's other things where it's like well you didn't exp- i yeah without getting into it, it there's no way well it felt incomplete all right first off you'll understand i'm gonna try talking vaguely as possible okay in the beginning of the movie yeah something makes a bubble yeah, and it does something. Yeah. Later on in the movie, it makes the bubble. Some things are affected. Some things aren't. I'm like, well, yeah. Why aren't you affected? Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't explain anything. Uh-huh. And then when they finally find the thing that they need, it's like she says some mumble jumbo, which usually in all movies, uh, you would kind of like give a um, poem or a rhyme that has to do with what you're trying to accomplish. And she said something completely different. And then things happen. It's like. Explain some things for me. Yeah. Obviously, the book does. I think that we can mention the time, the time little bubble, whatever. Because it was kind of like, just like you said, one area did something different than the other area. Yeah. Why in the time bubble with the the party, everyone froze. Yeah. But then when it comes to the mansion, the guy in the boat froze. But Artemis, the bodyguard, and the little girl were able to freely move. Obviously, shouldn't have explained it, but I felt like maybe, like maybe that house was something special that was able to freeze. Oh, there's two people listening. We really should have said spoiler. (laughs) Yeah, we maybe can. Well, that part's not that much of a spoiler. No, no, it's not. But yeah, look for that. You'll be like, why'd that happen? Yeah, to me, it felt incomplete. I like the whole concept of the story. I think the concept of the story was is really good with like the fairies and like the dwarfs. You know. Yeah. I had no idea by looking at the preview that was Josh Gad. 
No, you couldn't tell. And I loved how the how what is he a dwarf? Dwarf. I love oh, how the dwarfs tunnel. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, I kind of like how he's a dwarf, but he's not really small. Right. You know, people kind of give him a hard time because he's a dwarf, but he's like tall. Like but he's obviously type. really, it's not like um, another movie where, you know, they would say, oh, I'm this person, but really they're not. They just think that where he can do everything a dwarf yep, can. Exactly. But overall, it was a good movie. Could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot worse. Uh, good Visual con- effects were good. Yeah. Good concept of a movie. I wish they would have, they would have, I feel it rushed. And then I was talking about this with my friend at work and she's like, well, maybe, you know, because of everything going on, they rushed. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure this was when the theatrical release was supposed to be anyways. This was supposed to go out to the theaters? Yeah. What? Oh, that's why it doesn't have that straight to mo- straight to TV look. It has actual finished movie look. I'm not, I've seen the trailer in theaters. Really? Yeah. Long oh, time ago. Oh, wow. Because it definitely feels incomplete. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I would have been kind of upset if I went to the movie theater. And I could I saw be wrong. It. I mean, but I know I've seen trailers for uh-huh. Artemis Fowl. It I, was the vague, you know, the when they're trying to do it like a year in advance, it's a really vague, they'll show a logo mm-hmm. and some, you know, not much to it. I mean, I want them to make another one, but do a better job of making it. Well, they have to. I mean, they don't have to, but I mean, they left it open ended. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling I know who the person on the other line is. Can you edit out and let me know what you think? I think it's. That's what I thought. It was. I thought it was, his m- and then Nick also said that. So I said it was. Sorry, the m- Chris. Oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> and Nick said maybe it was. Um, oh, the dad, like the that the, the elves. See, I think he is part. I think that his dad, and then that's. Oh. Okay. It's cool. Pre- it's a pretty good movie, man. <laughs> you should watch it. It's, it's pretty good. We just crapped all over it, you know, how those inconsistencies, but... But, oh, I mean, it's an enjoyable watch. I would watch it again, I think. Yeah, it was. I really can't wait to see, um, you know, what they do with the next one. Hopefully, more consistent storyline. The guy was going a little overboard. uh, See, I won't give that part away. No. (laughs) So, Joe, what'd you do this weekend? Or, yeah, you didn't get to you yet, did we, Joe? (laughs) <laughs> they're they're being they're being funny. I'm sorry. What did I do in the world of Disney? Yeah. So we kind of talked about the Topps digital card game, which we've been playing. Uh-huh. I watched Artemis Fowl with my son uh, this past Tuesday. Well, actually, last Tuesday, we did Pixar trivia. It was a lot of fun um, live trivia on mm-hmm. Zoom. Uh, this week, we're gonna go ahead and do Hollywood Studios. So I'm gonna make we're gonna be kind of putting that all together, and that's pretty much about it. Um, which is a lot, man. I mean, that movie, we watched that movie, the digital card game, talking Disney and chat. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, news news this yeah, week in Disney. Uh, we got the more information about basketball, and I'm a basketball fan, and I had to a basketball podcast, and they had a lady on who works for a news, uh, a news people in Disney. So she covers the Disney area pretty much in, for news. And uh, she was t- make, talking about um, how they're going to go there and the NBA players will be at hotels mm-hmm. and they'll have opportunities to do things that guests won't be able to do in order for them to keep them separated from guests, kind of keep them in a bubble, yeah. what they're doing. But it seems like the the top eight teams are standing at Grand Flor- Floridian. Mm-hmm. And then the bubble teams are staying at the Yacht Club. Okay. So it's interesting that they're making that decision. Like Grand Floridian is, is a higher up than Yacht Club, right? Mm, On scale wise? Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, Yacht Club's pretty fancy too. Okay. So it is also fancy. I would rather stay at the Yacht Club and get that nice pool. So right near the nice pool. Well, and the beach. Funny yeah. thing you say that is there's a player for the Bucks who are one of the top eight teams. 
to uh-huh. one of the top four teams, actually, Robin Lopez. Okay, and yeah. he wants to get his room changed to yacht club. Does he? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so he's trying to get that happen. <laughs> but the whole thing is that you're supposed to be in a bubble, so you can't just change yeah. hotels. Yeah, stay in your little. But that would definitely mean he's a Disney fan if he yep, knows enough know. to. Right, he's be like, changed. I want to go to yacht club, like right. you know, and so cool. yeah, it's kind of. Uh, funny kind of stuff there. So I'm interested to see how that goes with the with the basketball being there. Basketball is going to be there, and so is um, MLS. And you know we had the um, the history on the wide world of sports mm-hmm. complex, and it's uh, I mean massive. if you yeah it's massive. I don't, yeah. It's kind of like a no brainer to go there. <laughs> yeah, there, I remember I was watching. They're like, I wonder if they're going to bring down their their floors to put their floors in before the games because then they're all playing on quote unquote neutral ground, I guess. Mm-hmm. They don't have their own floors, but then you know, if they bring their floors is not a big deal. But then I if mean, it's why broadcasted, why bring their f- floors when because when it's broadcasted, it won't show as their their floor. Like you won't know who NBA home in the middle. Team is. Yeah, that's what I think they would do. Oh, uh, NBA or Disney or NBA playoffs. NBA like I know they have the playoff logo, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be what they do. Any other news? Yes, uh, we talked about this after we all went on the Tom and Dan podcast uh, about a little bakehouse called Gideon's. Oh, this is big news. And Gideon's then introduced themselves into the world of Disney when they started with uh, the Polite Pig. You could go to the Polite Pig after a certain time and pick up their cookies, if they have any left. And now Gideon's is getting its own bakehouse at Disney Springs. Yeah, and you you went there with us, right? He didn't get any. I didn't get anything. I let you try one, didn't I? No. I didn't let you try any of my cookie. No, you guys both ate your cookie oh. <laughs> and did not let me have any. But uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to try their cookie. But if they're being allowed to go into Disney property, they must be good. They're delicious. Yeah. They're really good. I really enjoy their cookies. Because um, when you guys were like, we had to go here and get cookies. I was like, really? You really want to drive out of the way to get oh, cookies? It wasn't that far yeah. out of the way, though. It wasn't. You're right. But... We got lost. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I think we got lost going to the comic book shop. Oh, yeah. That was when fun, we got too. Lost. <laughs> that comic book shop awesome. got, We got lost twice, I think. So that's the His on Maelstrom. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Adam. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. Go to DizHiz.com where you can find links to all of our episodes, our social media accounts, and to our Patreon page where you can help us out and hear more from each of the shows. We also do monthly giveaways for our Patreon subscribers. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply.